Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, being rudely awoken, reviews and part two of our interview with Chris Haycock. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a man who thinks an effective method of waking someone up is a torch. Oh yeah! I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> oh! You just tick them off as we do the introductions, yeah. I like that. Uh, but I'll tell you why we <laughs> started things an effective... Are you thinking of an effective method? I'm, I'm with a girl whose idea of rebellion is doing household chores, but just doing them very, very, very slowly. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah, I'm really sorry. You were rude the other day, weren't you? Yeah, well, I, I just wasn't in it. Uh, I, I felt worried about you. Because I literally started tapping you and started saying your name when I went to your bedroom. I'm surprised I found you in that bedroom, to be honest. Under all the junk. Um, uh, but then when you wouldn't answer, I thought I'd try to talk. Because <laughs> I don't genuinely, I was worried about you. I thought, are you alright? Yeah, we'd both fallen asleep downstairs and I woke up because I was uncomfortable sleeping on the sofa and I saw you just laying there like you were oh, falling. I love, I love a sofa. <laughs> just like right I can't sleep here I'm gonna go upstairs yeah. and, I, and I slept for like four hours but when I woke you up I, I tried I tried like saying your name gentle persuasion I gave, you, I gave you a gentle tap um, and then I did the torch and you went oh my god I've got to get up but uh, Charlotte you've got a burger and chips downstairs you went burger and chips <laughs> and literally turned from this comatose zombie to the most active person in the world see that's my two moods yeah. comatose zombie active person and yeah. depending on what's going on I will change like the comatose zombie is between lessons or right at the end of the lessons okay. and right at the start and when I'm sleeping, because... Yeah. And then the um, the active... Right, I've got to do all this. Food, Sorry. friends, information. That's it. Where's education coming in? Information. Coming in, information. Where's this podcast coming in? Friends. Friends? You guys oh. are all my friends. Oh, you. Oh, you. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible singing on both oh, of our parts. Oh, we should never sing again. And we won't. Um, <laughs> well... So the um, the next part we always do when we introduce the podcast is we normally talk about where people get in touch with us. However, However, what I'd like to do for this particular podcast is like ask to... our listeners a favour. So uh, I'd like to ask for some reviews. So if you'd like to either go on our Facebook group, um, uh, jump on iTunes, if you're enjoying the Kindness Project... Please feel free to say something nice, give us a five star review, uh, or, and yeah, just. just uh, what do they do if the, What do they do if they hate, if they hate our guts? Absolutely nothing. Stop listening. We don't want, we don't want you as a listener, all right? <laughs> You're getting on my nerves now. <laughs> don't criticise people. Trying to spread, spread some good. Yeah. We're trying to we're trying to do a good thing here, and all you can do is criticise. <laughs> I feel a little offended. We haven't actually had any criticism, so there might not be anybody this applies to, but mm. I don't know. Anyway, where can people, apart from leaving awesome reviews and giving us five-star ratings on iTunes... Or criticising us. Or, 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 or criticising us. Um, where can they um, get touch with us? Well, <laughs> Twitter, at 
All our kindness. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Um, Facebook, you just go in and you just search All Our Kindness. All the Kindness Project, you can do that. You can do, you can do either of them. Yeah. It's both equally effective, but All Our Kindness is less less, so you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you can email us at holla, 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 holla at thekindnessproject.co.uk the and the website www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. And this week's question of the week is a simple one. What's your favourite childhood memory? Now, you're, would you class yourself at 14 as still a child? I have the memory of a goldfish. Uh, I didn't ask about your memory, <laughs> I asked about whether you consider yourself a child or not. Uh, I don't know. Would you consider yourself a child, half child, half adult, adult or goldfish? Giant man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Giant man, baby. <laughs> Consider yourself a giant man, baby. I didn't have that on the list. I gave you an obscure one by saying, Go, I'm describing you. Oh my god, I've just been burnt. Number one, described as a giant man, baby. And number two, burnt semi live on the podcast. I can't believe it. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Instead, I'm going to tell you about my childhood memory. It was when I was dressed up as a giant man, baby. No, it was, um, it was I, I think one of my favourite childhood memories was uh, my granddad mm. used to take us for trips into London. And he used to do this thing where uh, he uh, take us to museums. Mm. And uh, I went to the National Gallery for a minute when I was seven. Mm. My granddad took me. And I wasn't too impressed by the art, but they had some revolving doors. <laughs> going round the revolving doors about 12 times and loving those revolving doors. And then the Imperial War Museum, they had a, they had a live trench. I love that. So my memories involved revolving doors and trenches. What's your favourite? Um, well, I will, give you two, uh, I will give you two phrases, wallpaper and ice cream. And I'll explain the first one. Uh, I'll explain the second one, actually. There was a time, and we went out into London, and I don't even remember much about that day. We were just we were walking along the the riverbank, and you bought me ice cream, and I was sitting on your shoulders eating it, and I got this giant brain freeze, and I don't know I don't know what it is about that. I just always remember that. Okay. Just getting this, and then the other one. memory, the day you got brain freeze. But then I just I had such fun because it was the first time I ever got brain freeze, and it just. Oh, right. Hold okay. experience. Favourite childhood memory. The day of a brain freeze. The day... What's the wallpaper? Oh, the wallpaper one. Okay, so... You remember when you repapered by walls? The pink fairy stuff. Right. And you moved my bunk bed about and everything. And I had to get up for that. Uh, so I got up and I went back to sleep. But I woke up halfway through it and I could just hear your paper in the walls. So I don't know why. It just makes me so happy remembering that. <laughs> So my childhood memory was about revolving doors and bunkers. Lord, it was about brain freeze, wallpaper, and there's a giant man. So no, no, I only said that because there was a TV show when I was like ten about these two guys and they they photoshopped their heads onto giant baby heads and they just made jokes at Maybe each other. Maybe that's a new podcast profile picture. I don't know. Just me and a giant as a giant man. And on that note. Listeners, we want to we want to hear your favourite childhood memory. Hopefully, it's uh, something more uh, direct than, <laughs> than, 
wallpaper, brain freeze, bunkers. Revolving doors. Revolving doors. <laughs> so please do let us know what your childhood memories are. And let's move on to Kramer's News. Welcome to Chris James Edition Kindness News. Where, where do you get that from? That voice is like fire blessing on steroids. Where does Brian Blessed get his steroids? Can I get some? Please note that I'm not convinced that Brian Blessed is on steroids, just that Charlotte sounds like Brian Blessed on steroids. How do you know what Brian Blessed sounds like on steroids if he's never been on steroids? True. Tell me. So, anyway, this episode of Kindness News is another edition by me, and this edition of Kindness News is Kindness News. Brain science edition. How about that, Charlotte? Ooh, neuroscience. 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 Neurology. There we go. This is from uh, a website called Basel.com, and it says, "How kindness changes your brain," according to new research. Neuroscientists. Being kind and helping others is a great way to boost your mood. However, the mechanisms of it have remained a bit obscure. However, a new overview of brain studies published in Neuromage. Neuromage. I think it's Neuromag. No, Neuromage has found for the first time what kindness looks like in the brain. And it's more complicated than we anticipated. The scientists behind the study found that there are two distinct types of kindness. And they show up in the brain in different ways. It has a lot of intriguing implications for how we understand the warm glow of being nice to somebody else. The scientists looked at 36 different studies of kindness in which 1,150 separate participants had their brains scanned as they did something generous. Thoughts about altruism or some other action that triggered the kindness centres of the brain. Yep. And the, re- uh, the researchers divided the studies into types of kindness on display. First one is strategic kindness, where you perform an act of generosity for somebody with the hope that you'll get something back in return. Think I'll scratch, scratch your back if you scratch mine. Type two is altruistic, where you do good with no reward in sight, just for the feel-good factor. It turns out the feel-good factor in the brain is a real thing. Altruistic and strategic kindness, according to brain scans, activate different segments of the brain. When you're being strategic, the stratial regions of the brain, which give feelings of reward light up, and you get a rush of positive feelings. But when you're generous without wanting anything in return, the brain also gives you feelings of reward from some other areas. Mm. Altruism, the scientists found, lights up a whole spectrum of the brain. It uses the stratial areas too, but it also activates the subgenual anterior congenual cortex. Ooh. I said that, and I'm not sure whether we're going to get brain scientists right to the kindness project and go, I've been a brain scientist for 20 years, and I don't know what that is because you mispronounced it so badly, which is involving our mood and making us happy. Another area that shows a lot of activity when we've been generous, the ventromedial prefrontal cortex. Oh, I know what that is. Don't worry about it. Oh. You pronounce that right. Ventromedial prefrontal I don't know what it does, but I've heard of it, yeah. Which affects our decision-making and is a crucial part of making empathetic decisions that bond us to others. When you adopt a kit, kitten or donate to charity, that's your ventromedial prefrontal cortex talking. So, 
There's loads of really good research into kayakers now, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Um, the scientists behind the study pointed out a pressure release that two types of kindness do overlap in the brain. So it's important to be careful and not confuse your motivations or those of others. If after a long day you're helping a friend move house, they hand you money, you could end up feeling undervalued and less, less likely to help again. A warm, a hug of kind words, however, might spark a warm glow and make you feel appreciated. So that is pretty awesome stuff. And scientific proof that kindness is good for us. I know I, I know we talk about this guy quite a lot, um, but interestingly, it's what David Hamilton talks about in his book, The Five Side of Vegetables. I had to know that was up, coming. Which I love, by the way. It's a great I know that was book. coming. But knowing that kindness is good for the brain means that I'm going to try and do a bit more. Yup. So this week, Charlotte, uh, I want to conclude my interview with Chris, Chris Haycock. Haycock from Kit Bag. Um, Chris is, a, is an incredibly awesome fella. Um, love the work he does with the charity. An interesting guy. Lo- great life story. Uh, I want to share a bit more about his life in the second part of the interview. Uh, listeners, if you haven't heard the first part of the interview yet... It's in the previous episode. It's in the last episode, so feel free to take a look at that before you listen to this. Um, but should we get on with the second half of Chris's interview? Oh, yep. I... Uh, we were talking about kids earlier on, and um, certainly my perce- my perspective on kindness has changed since the girls were born. Gradually, um, did you? Did, so I know you mentioned meeting Mo. Did you get to a point where you went, actually, I don't need to be this way. I can be this way. Was it instant? Because for me, this journey of being a bit more kind is taking a bit longer. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, it, it, it felt it felt instant, but it, I think that it, it gradually happened over the course of maybe a, a, a month or so. Okay. Um, the the realization that I could actually be the person that I was inside. Yeah, yeah. Now I've I've got a a, a lot of um, struggles from from my childhood, which um, I'm, I'm also having. Um, therapy with with a counsellor okay. and and I think just talking about those issues that has also sort of run hand in hand with the whole yeah, thing yeah. as well in that um, I've been encouraged just to be myself yeah kindness is part of myself then it manifests itself quite quickly mm. when you're allowed to take that mask yeah 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 and yeah, it's yeah. only you yourself that's allowed to take that mask off. Yeah. Now, everyone pretty much does have some kind of mask, you know, of some form. But I think if you're able to take your mask off and just be really comfortable in your own skin yeah. and not be worried about what other people think, yeah. then I don't care whether people call me too nice or, or too kind, you know. It, it, it's my mission. It's my goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you but yeah, so I think it happened quite quickly. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm sure I'll get there eventually, Chris. But um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, so help me understand. I know Kit Bag is about helping uh, homeless people. Why is yeah. homelessness such an issue close to your heart? Okay. Well, I think 
Okay, so when, when I left um, the Navy back in, um, two, no, sorry, 1992, um, I really wasn't prepared for civilian life. Okay. And although I, uh, although I tried really hard to get back into society, I ended up homeless on many occasions in London um, okay. and again in Torquay a few years later. And it, and it all started off really um, sofa surfing at yeah. friends and colleagues' houses. But that obviously, you, you can't put on other people and it never lasted long. Yeah. Um, London's a fun place at night if you've got a home. But when you don't have a bed, it's absolutely horrific. Oh, um, some, some nights I'd find myself in a doorway. Um, other nights I'd walk the street um, and then sleep on the tube during the day. And I just really remember the feelings of absolute dread and despair and, and, and pretty much hopelessness that, that came from not knowing where I was going to be sleeping that night. And luckily, I managed to get myself out of homelessness. Um, and it is a, it, it's a chapter of my life that's always haunted me, uh, at, at least until I started Kipo. Mm. So, yeah, starting homeless, uh, sorry, starting Kipo has really enabled me to kind of revisit the, um, my thoughts that were going through my head and the issues that I've had. And it, it feels right yeah. that I'm giving back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something into helping others yeah. overcome homelessness. Do you um, do you think you? It's really interesting because we've done quite a few of these interviews now, and one of the recurring themes is that just having some adversity in our life that we we want to make sure that we're in a position where we, you know, sort of counteract that negativity by doing something really positive. Do you do you feel that way? I, I do. It's, it, it's funny because I think about this quite a lot. Um, and I, I look back, and I, um, obviously I can't go into everything that I've gone through in my life because honestly I would be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, look, we could turn it into a counselling session if you want to. <laughs> it, um, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a real journey and I like to call it a journey yeah. I don't like to see it as adversity there's been an, an, an enormous amount of adversity in my life but I look back with and this sounds quite strange um, I look back with a lot of fondness yeah. Yeah. to all the hardship that I had because it, it's, it's turned me into the person yeah. that I am today and every part of um, my journey from, you know, from early childhood right the way to, to where I am now is a series of chapters. Yeah. Every chapter has been different, but every chapter, looking back, was fundamental to your development, right? whole yeah. outlook on life today. So, yeah, yeah I mean, adversity... It's fine, bring it on. Yeah. We can all do with a bit of adversity from well, time to time, a bit of realism. Certainly it's interesting because it builds that resilience, right? You know, you get you, you get into a position where it allows you to um, to cope with different stuff. But I think, as you've said, the challenge is making sure you cope but keeping an open heart and keeping a positive attitude and making sure that um, you never take it and you know you, you, you're not too stern with it. You know you you you, you take it well. So what? Well, 
be interesting to understand your perspective on uh, homelessness. Do you think sort of uh, councils, local authorities, and other sort of state-run organisations do enough? Um, again, it's a tricky question, but there's, there's obviously so many different organisations and groups going, across, yeah. uh, going on uh, in the UK. And, but the good thing is, is that there's been a lot of publicity surrounding yep. homelessness over yep. the last couple of years, and that's really good. Um, Organisations are starting to work together, even though it's still all a bit disjointed. Yeah. But the biggest part, at least for myself anyway, is society itself. I don't know about you, but when I, when I was younger, when I used to think of a tram, um, it put all sorts of negative in images in our minds. Um, and I, I do feel that the whole perception of homelessness um, is gradually changing, and more than ever, I see society as a whole starting to take action for yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, we used to think, um, I wish someone would help this person, kind of like expecting someone else to do it. But I think more people now are realizing that that someone is you. Yeah, yeah. Anyone yeah. can help, and everyone can help. Yeah. Um, and in addition, um, going back to organisations and authorities and councils, the good thing is, is that there's new legislation coming into force from next month. Okay. And it's called the Homelessness Reduction Act. Yeah. And they're pumping uh, 61 million okay. into the issue of homelessness. And what it's set out to do is to place, uh, as well as pumping in a lot of money, is placing a legal duty on councils to support the homeless. Um, and I really do believe that this is a very, very positive initiative. Yeah, great. Perhaps, great. you know, very long overdue, but the only thing is, is that I would advise anyone to ignore any fake news that tell you that this new act will introduce a law to make it illegal to beg. It's doing the rounds at the moment. Okay. The fact is, it's been illegal to beg since the 1830s. Okay. Um, so nothing's changed. Um, many homeless organisations are calling this a game changer. So, you know, I, I think that mm. as a whole, the country is beginning to kick change. itself yeah, yeah. and actually do something about it. It's, in, it's interesting because uh, Cassie used to work for, uh, my wife used to work for Tower Hamlet's local authority. And oh, yeah. um, we, we talk about, since doing the Kindness Project, we talk about some of these issues a lot because we interview people and talk to people and, and think, think about this a lot more. And one of the things she says is you'd never believe how many empty premises local authorities heat and light but are just completely vacant that potentially could be used to help solve that home, homeless problem and that seems that, you know, that seems that the, we need a bit more sort of sounds a bit um, uh, cliche but we need a bit of joined up thinking if there's space there and, and you've got homeless people in the streets next door you should be using that space right yeah, it makes sense to do so so the fact that councils are compelled to do something there would be uh, be interesting to see whether we see any change it's it, it's a good thing it can only be a good yeah thing. yeah absolutely um and um i see i'm a, i'm a bit of a fan of the sort of the fin finland the let, let me just precursor this most things about scandinavia i like 
quite I like meatballs, I quite like IKEA, I like um I, I like liberalism, I like all that sort of stuff. So maybe it's my maybe it's my um uh, scander, what would you call it? Scandophilia? I don't know. Have I just, have I just made that word up? I'm not sure whether I have or not. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it though. Scandophilia is now my new word. Um, uh, but Finland do a really good job in terms of saying if we house people first, then that gives them a bit of a start to solve their own problems, give them dignity, give them a roof over their head, and they've found there's been an economic benefit to doing that. What do you think of that model? I'm afraid, Chris, I'm a little bit more sceptical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. And, and I'll, I'll attempt, anyway, to, to explain why. So the, the idea is this. In, in Finland, when you become homeless, uh, the state gives you permanent housing yeah. straight away, pretty much straight away. Yeah. And over there, it does seem to have worked. Yeah. They've pretty much eradicated rough sleeping. It's brilliant. You, you know, kudos to them. Um, and I do believe that we're going to be, in this country, trialling the same scheme in Liverpool, Manchester and Birmingham. We are. And yeah. it sounds like a wonderful idea, you know, I don't think anyone, anyone's going to disagree with that. So, why am I so sceptical? Well, firstly, there's an issue with building. Um, who's going to build these new homes? Gotcha. We're in the middle of a, a, quite an immense austerity programme. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're still trying to reduce the deficit. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be building? Which house builders are going to be yeah. building them? Yeah. Uh, I can't see any private developers picking up the gauntlets to this to this one because there won't be much profit. Money, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. House, uh, sorry, some of the initial housing first pilot schemes have collapsed just simply because the money ran out. Mm. Secondly, uh, healthcare, social care, homeless services and housing organisations, they're all over the place. Finland had a really good integrated strategy yeah. that did rely on um, a joined-up approach, yeah. which, unfortunately, we can't compete with. Gotcha. Um, they're all, all these organisations, they're all struggling to work themselves. And thirdly, there's a question, um, and perhaps this one is a bit uh, controversial, there's a question of property and, and rent prices in the UK. Many people are already struggling to house themselves affordably mm. yeah. and find themselves on the breadline. Would they, and, and here's the thing, would they de uh, consider declaring themselves homeless in order to get slightly better accommodation? Right. The floodgates open to abuse of this system. I'm a bit of a skeptic. Ah, oh, right. So, so I, I, I was with you on points one and two. I think, I think uh, you need to find your happy place with point three, Chris, because I, I genuinely, I, I, again, this is me with my rose-tinted glasses, right? I don't, I don't think think people actively choose to do that, but we'll we'll hope. We'll, we'll see when the trials come out, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But um, Grenfell, okay, sorry, yeah. um, 
it's Brent, Brent, Brentfield Tower. Brentfield yeah. Tower, why is the name escaping me? Um, and you read stories of, of people that um, claim to have lived there, and it's just... Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I, I feel that in this country, people are our own worst enemy. Yeah, gotcha, um, gotcha. A very, very, very small minority that yeah. have used the system to a degree that you think to yourself, well, is it worth doing this? And I, and I know, of course, it is worth doing it, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm slightly cynical, yeah. uh, but I, I, I hope that it does work. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be, I mean, it, I mean the, the true test would be in the trials, right? If the trials, you know, so, so, but I think, I think you're right in some of the challenges. Certainly, the scale of the challenge in Finland is different to the UK. Um, um, but but certainly um, certainly we've got to try to do something to to, oh, to help people yes. to, to help people. So um, what's the uh, what's the next thing for Kitbag? What's next next for the charity in your opinion? Well, um, we've just had a busy Christmas, okay. obviously um, for the second year running. I was pretty manic uh, with lots and lots of amazing people. Uh, donating kit bags to the homeless and obviously with the beast from the east hitting yeah. the star, um, it's been quite difficult to uh, to stock up with some items to be honest you know sleeping bags have been a nightmare to get hold of yeah. uh, because everyone's just snapping them up gotcha. uh, but we're getting there uh, we've got a batch of 50 kit bags that are due to be made up over the next week and we'll be distributing them to rough sleepers and homeless organisations shortly. We're uh, also looking to reduce the cost of each kit bag this year by asking for donations from businesses such as dentists, supermarkets, doctors, that sort of thing, to supply us with the, uh, with the stuff items. to put in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we we really need to be doing this, such as you know, toothpaste, toiletries, first yeah, aid yeah. items. Yeah. I'm sure there are many businesses out there that manufacture them or stock Agreed. them. They're quite yeah. happy to give, away, give us a couple of hundred or whatever. Yeah. And, and that will bring down the cost uh, per kit bag. And then obviously we'll be able to give out more for less. Yeah. Also, although we're not a registered charity as yet, because our annual, do uh, annual donations are less than the minimum required to be forced to register. Yeah. We're looking at registering this year to make it um, official. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully give us the best year ever. So yeah, yeah. it's um, hopefully going to be a great year for us. Cool, awesome stuff. And uh, what can people? Where can people find you? And what can they do to help? So um, in terms of the kit bag project, you can find out more about um, about what we do and hopefully donate at, at our website. At www. Sorry, www.kitbag.com. And as for me, uh, you can get in contact with me if you need any advice about um, uh, about homelessness or kindness or. Yeah. I'm always open to talk to anyone. Um, you can visit my company website at www.click2.com. Now the spelling's a little bit different to this, so I'll just um, read it out. That's yeah. E-L-I-Q-T-O dot com. Yeah. Or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com 
forward slash chris dot at dot click to using that same spelling. Cool, awesome. And we'll put loads of links on the show notes, Chris, and stuff like that. I've really enjoyed our chat. And actually, I, I, I enjoyed the fact that we didn't agree on everything, right? And potentially, I've invented a new word. I mean, I don't know, I might have done them. What was it? Scandophilia. Now, I've got, I've got a feeling it exists. I've got a f- it'll end up in the Oxford English. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but um, one thing we didn't do as well, and we'll, we'll, we'll have to get you back on for next time to do it. Uh, normally, we ask podcast que- uh, guests uh, the question of the podcast. So, we've got a bunch of questions of the podcast that we normally ask you, but we'll, uh, we'll get you on for an update on uh, kit bag later and we'll uh, yeah we'll um, we'll do it again cheers chris no problem at all thank you mate really appreciate that it was really good did you enjoy that yeah it was good yeah yeah as i said earlier i, I enjoy doing things yeah. like this i think I, I, I think in advance my nerves get better on me yeah when i when i get into it yeah kind of, you, you know you start relaxing yeah no, it's, it, it's fine. So, that was the last part of Chris's interview. What do you think? Gouda. <laughs> Gouda? Gouda. Gouda. It was Gouda. Tis the end of another podcast. Is that loud? You stole my job. Is that loud? You stole my job. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Could you keep on going like the doomsayer? Tis the end. And I thought, so wrong I thought, with the uh, tis the well, end well, another podcast. Well, nothing wrong with the way you go, tis the end. But I wanted to do it a bit lighter and a bit livelier. Tis the end of another podcast. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that, is there? Enjoy your happy-go-lucky musical. Uh, okay, thank you. And... Uh, Last week, uh, on last week's end of the podcast, we were we came out with some genius hashtags, particularly because we were talking about cow-related injuries, animal-related. animal-related injuries, and a lot of people seem to uh, suffer from cow-related injuries. The hashtag, hashtag, others in the face came up. Yeah, we're we're going to start using that hashtag others in the face, and I don't think we're going to get as many uh, good hashtags from this week's last week's question of the podcast, but certainly we can give it a go. And last week's question of the podcast was: Ideally, would you live in the country, the city, or the coast, and why? And Gillian Bird said, "I love living by the coast because I love living by the sea." Patrick Floyd said, in the country, by the coast, with good transport links to the city. Jane Hodges, no good hashtags coming so far, Charlotte, is there. Jane Hodges said, at the coast, but preferably in a country where the sun shines. Hashtag, not in England. (laughs) Hashtag, the sun ain't shining here. Um, uh, I've had enough of country with my farm in Yorkshire. It was hard work and very cold and windy. Uh, hashtag England. Hashtag Lemo! Mikey Fitzgerald, our mate. Woo-hoo! Guest hosted a podcast a few weeks ago. We love a bit of we Mikey, are. don't we? And we're still waiting to find out. Has he, has he sent you... He wants us to do a charity gaming tournament, doesn't he? Yeah, Did yeah. he? Did he let you know about that? Yes, he did. When's it, when's it, when's it well, going I off? a date for it. Oh, okay. So, we, so uh, uh, hashtag... Lambo, um, uh, uh, w- we are going to be we are on for your for your um, 
gaming tournament. So please do let us know when you fancy it, when you're up for that. And he just said, London, it's the best place in the world. And we're blessed with such diversity. London. Hashtag London. Hashtag Sheila goes out with her mate Stella. Gets bored all over her fella. Um, Roberta, that's, that's quite a long hashtag, isn't it? Um, uh, Roberta White said, um, I, I love living by the coast and I love living by the east coast of Scotland. Now, I agree. Hashtag east coast of Scotland. Hashtag east coast. No, nah, hashtag, nah. hashtag too cold for me. I mean, we're going up to our bros uh, Christmas this year uh, and it is pretty nippy up there. Mm. Hashtag pretty nippy. Hashtag no worse than others in the face. Um, <laughs> uh, Nick Lancaster said, I've lived in the city and in the country. While in the city, you have everything to hand, but I love living in the Welsh Hills. Uh, beautiful even in bad weather. And despite offers, nothing has tempted me away from the Welsh Hills. Hashtag beautifully bad weather. <laughs> Ooh, hashtag beautifully bad weather. Hashtag Welsh Hills in the face. Um, <laughs> so that is what people told us about where they'd live in an ideal world. Um, and on that note, it's truly the end. Toodle pip. Toodle pip, and we'll see you next week. Cheerio. Au revoir. Arrivederci. C'est la vie. Goodbye.